From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me. Shocking, I guess, official letter from our little Lori Lightfoot, who's dressed like Geppetto. But I enjoy it. As I said yesterday, I find it refreshing when people show you who they really are. And I understood that Lori Lightfoot's play was to avoid judgment on her unmitigated failure over the sewer of Chicago. What she's done to that city, the amount of kids, black and brown that have been murdered by other black and brown perpetrators and how it goes without just a little whisper and they blame the guns and the usual happenstance when the reality is this is simply the ramifications of living in the ghettos that the Democrats build. But this particular display of racism is really not something seen in politics since George Wallace, Democrat, Klansman, proved to be the unmitigated, absolute, undeniable racist pig that he was. May he burn in hell for a thousand years. But now little Lori Lightfoot shows you that white people don't have exclusivity on racism. In fact, this letter by a lawyer that was released is prima facie evidence that we have for the first time, not only an openly gay minority female mayor, we have an openly racist gay Minority female mayor. There's a lot going on in that title. I wonder if they could fit that on one of those desk things. All right, by now, I'm going to read you this letter as much as I can. I'm not going to bore you with all of it, but there are some key points here. By now, you may have heard the news that on the occasion of the two-year anniversary of my inauguration as mayor of the great, sure it's great, of the sewer city, I will be exclusively providing one-on-one interviews with journalists of color. As a person of color, I have throughout my adult life done everything that I can to fight for diversity and inclusion in every institution that I have been a part of. Being mayor makes me uniquely situated to shine a spotlight on the most important issue. I wanted to reach out to you directly to ensure your understanding, my thinking behind that decision. As first black woman mayor in Chicago and the first openly gay mayor, my election in 2019 was hailed as a breakthrough barriers. See, this is this is great. So your qualification is that you're homosexual and that somehow is an asset to you as opposed to, say, a, a, a heterosexual who wears women's underwear, who is also a minority. That that somehow puts you a little step above Harold Washington, allegedly. I ran to break up the status quo that has failed so many residents across our city and that Failing the status quo did not apply simply to city hall and government. It pertains and exists in all public and private institutions. She goes on, blah, blah, blah. But here's, here's, here's one of my favorite lines. I have been struck since my first day on the campaign trail back in 2018 by the overwhelming whiteness and maleness of Chicago media outlets, editorial boards, and political press corps. And yes, the city hall press corps specifically. In the year 2021, with a black lesbian mayor, a black woman city treasurer, a Latinx woman city clerk, and a majority black and Latinx city council, a group of reporters assigned to cover City Hall is practically all white. Many of them are smart and hardworking. Don't let that get in the way. They're white, though, those rotten son-of-a-guns. Savvy and skilled, but mostly white. Nonetheless, indeed... There are only a handful of beat reporters of color in the City Hall press corps. While there are women of color who sometimes cover my administration, there are zero women of color assigned to the City Hall beat. Zero. I find this unacceptable and hope you do too. She goes on for a couple paragraphs, and here's another one. There are plenty of talented women reporters of color in Chicago. This is now she's talking to media outlets. There are plenty of talented women reporters of color in Chicago for you to hire from. 
And that pool of talent is growing all the time. Does your institution have an initiative set up to initially cultivate, recruit, support, and retain young reporters of color in your ranks? Question mark. Are there any people of color in your leadership teams or on your editorial boards? Question mark. Are there qualified people of color on your team that could cover City Hall but simply haven't been given the chance? Question mark. Have you analyzed your own coverage to identify the and root out implicit bias? This is brilliant. Now, I know some of you are upset, but this takes away all of the failure and murder and scams that the reporters should be exposing and should have been exposing no matter who sat in that office, even a short-in-the-pants Irishman with a last name everybody knows. But this is brilliant because it doesn't matter that 48 people were shot last weekend and probably more this weekend. None of it matters because now the reporters, the ones that are left, are going to be terrified to point out any failures because we don't have a, a press or a media that is inquisitive. Otherwise, you wouldn't have 50 aldermen of which every other month somebody's charged with corruption. You wouldn't have all of the skullduggery and chicanery that we call politics in Chicago. And you wouldn't have this, the ghetto spreading from border to border and even then some into the suburbs. But I'm going to tell you another opportunity that I used. Now, as a parent of teenagers, I can't be the only one that was pressured immensely yesterday when the Lollapalooza tickets. I would personally never go to, but I don't try to. Uh, I want my kids to have a good time and their friends all go. So all the parents are obviously under pressure and we're old. We got to go on the website and click the refresh button and you get the tickets, right? You pay an exorbitant amount of money for this ticket. And then I, I mean, my kids don't listen to the show. I'm going to give you a little tip. I always try to buy another ticket so that I could send a security guard with them, unbeknownst to them, to follow them around and make sure that they're safe in that crime ridden sewer we call Chicago in that outdoor urinal that they call Lollapalooza. But that's what you do as a parent, right? You go that extra mile. So this is an opportunity to do what I just did and create and spark that entrepreneurial spark in your kids. And here's what you do. You read this to your kids. You read the tweet yesterday, and you read how it is clearly evident this woman who is pretending to be mayor is a racist and hates white people. It's that simple. And you, as a white kid, should be afraid that when you go in that city, they're not going to protect you. In fact, what you are is just sheep to the wolf. And for you to go there would be foolish. So what I do is I tell my kids, if you sell the ticket, you keep the money, honey. And you could go to someplace safe where the people in charge are not racist bigots against straight heteros- or, uh, straight white kids from the suburbs because if you're going to send your kids or if you're going to go there and give your money to this city knowing that it benefits this open clearly open racist fraud as a mayor who is playing the media as a fiddle so that they avoid the real scandals and i don't just mean the ones that happen in our house but the ones that happen in city hall then you are as dumb as she looks and that's just the fact jack So capitalize on this. Teach your kids. This is a learning experience in the same way that many people around the country, when they saw that racist pig Democrat, George Wallace, display his open stupidity, ignorance, and racism by practicing segregation, the kind that Biden supported, and by by preventing, at that time, black kids from, from going into institutions in a similar fashion to little Lori Lightfoot dressed in her Geppetto costume, is trying to prevent reporters from going into her office. If you can't use that as an example to teach your kids, then maybe you should ask somebody who can. Because this is probably the most open and notorious act of racism ever taken place by a city of Chicago mayor. A city that for 130 years has been more than diverse, where many, many families of, of minority status, as so described by the federal government, have become millionaires and raised successful families and had wonderful, wonderful lives. But because in the Marxist world, they have to rewrite history to steal the future. This fraud who wants to run on her sexuality. God, I wish I could do that. Do you know Macbeth, I was quite a tiger with the ladies. 
If I could run on that, I could go all the way to 1600 Pennsylvania. No offense, I gave it all up when I got married, but even she knows I'm a tiger in the sack. And that should account for something, because that's the only way that Lori Lightfoot, Pete Buttigieg, and all of the other virtue shield homosexuals want to put that out there on their resume as if it's an asset rather than a proclivity. 312-642-5600. Call me, give me your sexual preference if you were really good at it, and then tell me if you'd like to be mayor. Thank you so much. We'll be back. All right, this should be fun. Right? Never had a standard like this in radio. Never thought we'd have one. But then again, I didn't think it would be something people got elected on. Let's go to Miles on 294. Homosexual, heterosexual, or are you one of those any port in a storm and a dry bed Mannheim Road guys? I was just wondering if maybe covering City Hall is a short straw that you have to get. If you had talent, you wouldn't want to be there where everything's a foregone conclusion. I would. I, I like your point. I think it's very, very uh, cogent and very interesting. I would have liked it better if you were a homosexual. Miles, thank you so much. Rich in Niles. Uh, yeah, I was wondering, uh, there's no much difference between Pret Winkle and uh, Lightfoot. And There's about 12 <laughs> inches, sir, and two shoe yeah. sizes. Well, I vote, let, me, let me tell you something. I voted for Rauner. Is that bad? Because I didn't like uh, print, uh, Pritzker. No, that was good that you voted for Rauner. You should have voted for Jeannie Eyes in the primary. But I'll Yeah, forget. I did, but she wasn't on a ballot. I, yeah. She didn't win the primary. So I... You did a good job. I think Rauner was a terrible failure, but even when Republicans fail that bad, it's still better than Democrats. So okay, we gave it our best shot. For you. Right. Thank great. you very much, Rich. I don't want to answer the question. Nobody wants to answer the question. All right, let's go to Carl on the south side. Carl, homosexual, heterosexual, or sidewinder? I am a butch lesbian. Nice. I just happen to be trapped in a man's body. I share the same affliction. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I think uh, going with the flow of things, the Chicago Bears should hire some women to be, you know, all the defensive positions and maybe a wide receiver or tight end. Oh, wait, they already have the anatomy for Are you that. sure that they and haven't? We, I don't watch sports, but I look at the record every year. Are you sure they haven't been trying that? They, 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 well, no, they haven't, but the quality of talent is lacking. And another thing that should happen, the United Negro College Fund has been financing only African Americans for far too long. We need to start financing Caucasian Americans through the United Negro or, College or, Fund. Or at least other minorities. That's an interesting point, but okay. But we've got the double standard in this country, right? Some people get to be racists. Right. We get the because we, we can't identify what racism is until it hits you in the face. Kind of like what Lori Lightfoot just wrote from her desk. I highly recommend I did skip some paragraphs, but uh, it's the office of the mayor, city of Chicago. Uh, it was released last night. And check it out when you can, because it's worth it. Now on to the other Marxist commissar liar, Pisaki, because if I'm going to be lied to, I actually don't mind it when uh, she lies to me because she has that sorority girl that I never could get the phone number for in college in the bar. She has that stuck-up little sense about her of, I'm not going anywhere with you, kid, because I know I'll enjoy it. So I understand it, and uh, this is Pisaki when asked about some pertinent things like taxes. You know taxes. You remember taxes, right? Those are the things that they're going to come after you. And I don't mean you because of your earning class. What I feel in this administration, it's quite clear who they're going to go after. Any registered Republican first, and then we'll whittle our way down to the Democrats that don't pay us off. And just one quick one on taxes. Um, do you have any fears that the new IRS enforcement plan might create some political blowback, some wariness in the public, just the idea of oh, the tax man's coming and might face an audit? Um, what should people know about that? Well, I think one, it's one of the reasons that we want to be absolutely clear uh, that what uh, additional enforcement from the IRS would be focused on are people who are not paying their fair share. That is not hardworking middle class Americans who are, uh, you know, working hard, paying taxes, putting food on the table. Now, you know what a fair share is? Because I don't. Fair is uh, one of those dangerous words that it's really whatever the person saying it is. And most of the time when it's said, it's really not fair at all. But I will say that even a bipartisan agreement can happen here with the idea of the American Luca Brazzi called the IRS. Why in the world, in such a time in our history when interest rates are so low, ever wonder why they can arbitrarily pick a day and say you were late and charge you 18% compounding monthly? Anybody ever wonder about that? Now, is that fair or is that extortion? 
You know, this thing about taxes is important to me, not because I make money anymore. Those days are behind me. In fact, what I do when a Democrat's in office is I take it easy, brother. I'm not going to earn a lot of money this year or any of the years. I'd like to sit back, put my feet up, and wait for 5 to 7 to start. That's how I monitor my tax problems. But when you think of an idea that this country was started over a one-cent stamp tax and a tea tax of a penny, and you look at Americans today who let dimwit Marxist frauds, like the one sitting in the Oval Office in a diaper, circumvent taxes, circumvent them, create an S-Corp to divert and not pay $500,000 by their math in taxes. And all of a sudden, they're, they're coming after you because you go to work and you may have a job on the side and your wife may work out of the basement and prepare food or cut hair or do nails. And you have to fear your government. You have to understand this isn't about fair and taxation. This is about weaponization of con- confiscatory taxes. That's what this is. Plan. And then quickly on Israel, progressives in the House and Cut the wrong clip. Go ahead in the back. Thank you, Jen. Um, on taxes again, the president yes. has called on the wealthy to pay their fair share. I'm wondering if the president would like to see reforms to the way that S corporations are treated, given that the Obama administration uh, said that those corporate structures could sometimes be used as loopholes, and yet President Biden, between 2017 and 2020, used an S-corporation, according to his tax returns and reporting in Bloomberg, to avoid paying nearly $500,000 in self-employment taxes. Well, I will say first that he received no income from uh, Celtic Corp. What about the avoidance of taxes, Mrs. Fair with the red hair, stuck-up sorority girl? Capri in 2020, which is the S Corp, and uh, it's dormant, and uh, I will not be engaging in any business other than to receive potential royalties, which would relate to books he has already written. Now imagine if the hotter version of her that worked for Trump said the exact same thing about Trump, Inc. Can you imagine what CNN would have on today? Oh, wait a minute. They have something now about Trump. Trump administration secretly obtained CNN reporters' phone and email records. That's on CNN today. Now, Trump's been gone for how many months? They can't run a headline. They can't function without his name. Yet they have all of the story and scandal sitting in a pair of soggy diapers, not too far away from their studios. And they won't look at their own party. You know why? Because they're propagandists and liars for the Marxist mafia. Teresa on the north side. Hey, Sean. Uh, you know, I have to tell you. The wait, wait, wait. Before I we get started. Lori wait, wait, wait. Uh, yep. Heterosexual, what, what? homosexual, or sidewinder? I am a it, they, them, there, uh-huh. and I don't know. All right. That's is, what I am. Is it wrong that that turns me on a little bit? Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say that uh, the first time I saw Lori Lightfoot, with their oversized suits, you know, I thought to myself, oh, my God, she's an extremely short version of David Byrne and Stop Making Sense. I mean, seriously, the, the way she what what's up with that? But anyway, um, I just, does anyone even like Lori Lightfoot? I mean, conservative pretty sure about her. I'm pretty sure the one Democrats. that looks like the, that worked for the Monsters when the doorbell rang likes her. I can't remember her name, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that that one does. But go ahead. Well, I was just wondering, you know, with the conservatives, they complain, Democrats complain, progressives complain. I mean, it's like I think she's just doing all of this just to try to, you know, get the the spotlight off of get what's really wrong with this city. I, I think we should get a name of, of the 48 people shot. Can we get two names or maybe three? You think yeah, the reporters are asking nice. those names? That would be kind of nice. I mean, it's a shame we, can't, nice. we don't have a crystal ball and we can't get one of the 50 names that will be shot this weekend. Thank you, Teresa. I appreciate it. But yeah, welcome to the Democrat utopia known as Chicago. And by the way, Macbeth correctly corrected me. Ah, say that twice. Diapers aren't worn in pairs. A pair of diapers is simply two diapers. Thank you so much, Macbeth. That kind of reason and logic. We'll be back right after these commercial breaks. <laughs> See, good song. Everybody likes that. All groups. Same, different, sidewinders. All love it. Can't go wrong with that song. All right, so I remember, here's the thing. You know, as you can tell, I, I don't like to be pushed around. I really don't like it. And when you think about what government does, how it limits and controls you, how it forces you, and then how it shows favoritism, the favoritism part, 
is almost worse than the others because it picks and chooses its favorite. I don't want to say they're all criminals, but let's say criminals because they write laws, right? They have laws of, of taxation and behavior that are not supposed to even be in the kind of country that uh, is free where the citizens have representation, not rulers. Laws like the one where they're threatening to, if you get caught with a, a fake vaccine uh, uh, document, and, and this doesn't apply to me because I'm transvax, and uh, if you get caught with a fake vaccine, they charge you up to $150,000. This is a law that passed on the East Coast. I want to say New Jersey, and the federal government is looking at it. $150,000 fine. And 10 years in prison. Now, these are numbers that they pull out of their shoe, but that's how Democrats do things. They get the facts that they pull out of their shoe. And I'm being kind with shoe. Um, But when you realize the kind of actual sentences murderers get, murderers who steal a life for eternity, forever changing the trajectory of a nation, which is why I'm so against wars, because when you pluck that life from humanity, you don't know what benefits it could have led to. So I remember uh, about three to four years ago, reading a policeman's son was shot by a, another moron kid who I guess they're in a gang, I, gangs. It's a real tough guy. Shoot behind the gun. I, I, I miss the days when we were kids. We drive to the other neighborhood, throw our dukes up and see who's who. Then later, you married her sister, and you got to be friends with him. It's all very exciting. Um, but today, it's just stupidity on top of stupidity, and they're judged by, by morons, and that's where we really are today. So this was a Chicago policeman's cop, uh, his son, and they finally came down with sentencing. I want you to hear this. Chicago officers offer an update on a murder case. This one is personal. Every police officer will tell you that their greatest fear beyond what could occur to them while doing their job is when violence that they work so hard to prevent hits home. Among the officers, Sergeant Arshel Dennis Jr., the father of the victim in this case. Arshel Dennis III was a college student studying journalism in New York. He was home visiting his parents last August. Isn't this the part that fries you? This is a kid that's trying to do the best he can with his life. And some low life with no future by choice. Choices he made snuffs out what could have been an amazing, an amazing human being. In the Wrightwood neighborhood, he was with two friends on his front porch when he was shot in the 2900 block of West 82nd. One of his friends was also shot but survived. Every officer in this department took his murder personally. And we vowed not to stop until we found his killer. 18-year-old Anthony Moore has now been charged with the murder. He allegedly bragged about the shooting. And the investigation continues to find others involved. These offenders chose to basically saw three male blacks in their teens or late, uh, early 20s sitting on a porch. And they decided that these were this was the opposing gang and they decided to shoot these individuals. Sergeant Dennis made only one comment publicly today. Just, just thank you. He was surrounded by colleagues as he left the press conference. At the time of the shooting, Moore was a juvenile, but now 18, he is expected to be charged as an adult. He's due in bond court tomorrow. 12 years. He killed the kid, took him from the earth, and he gets 12 years. Citizens in New Jersey and soon the nation who lie about a vaccine will get 10. Boy, oh boy, that's not favoritism. That's almost as appalling as the low-life scum gang member who shot into a car because he felt disrespected and was given a plea deal to walk out. It's almost as disgusting as the uptown assailant who was walking around over the weekend with a brick, smashing people in the face and taking if they had backpacks or briefcase or purses, who walked out of court on a $40,000 bond and was given an ankle monitor. Maybe, maybe, maybe the problem with why we are in this collapse of society is because government has identified who it hates, and that's the working man who has the audacity to be really good at earning money, and has picked who it loves, and that's the criminal who would rob the other working man. 
Maybe maybe the whole predicament is around a, a supposed justice system that really isn't about justice. It's about passing injustice off as righteous, passing off racism as a cure for society's ill by implementing racism. I think that the problem is that we've given these frauds, these 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 wretched liars, professional liars, we call politicians, the kind of power to make these decisions over us. So instead of maybe automating McDonald's and Starbucks, we should automate the judicial system. That's what I want. Because I don't like when they run and they're Democrats and they sit up there and they're paid for by Democrats. Just punch the crime into a computer and let it spit out a sentence. Because the idea that some wretched lowlife like this who has killed this kid, this good kid, gets 12 years. That's ridiculous to me. That's beyond injustice. And is that a deterrent? Maybe that's why there's 40-some shootings a weekend. What's the deterrent when you kill a good kid trying to make his life and the world better? 12 years? You couldn't even give him the baker's dozen? You gave him 12? I think it's preposterous. I think it's a sin, and I think it's reasons why the ghetto is growing and the good neighborhoods are contracting. And it starts everywhere that a Democrat rules over. Every single city, municipality, county, and state. And I'll give you another prime example. The great state, once great state of California. One of the most beautiful places in this country was San Francisco. Granted, now... It's an open public toilet without a very good system. But it used to be great. In fact, it's one of the places where I believe I remember reading it was the most photographed city in America at one time. And now they won't even let cameras go in there. And the reason is because their politicians have turned it into a sewer. And the other side effect of that is even businesses that provide an actual service to these desperately needed places, they've sooner or later learn. Empty shelves at this Walgreens drugstore, and it's not because of pandemic-related panic shopping. Now the store is closing due to what local reports are calling a spree of rampant shoplifting. And look at this. Just 15 minutes after an Inside Edition crew showed up at the drugstore, we found this guy jumping over the front counter, taking an airbed, and leaving the store on his scooter. No questions asked, no one stopping him. Maybe he didn't get the drugstore is the third Walgreens to close in San Francisco this third. year. And there's real concern that the people who live there are losing an important resource for their neighborhood. All the seniors that live around here in all these buildings now have nowhere to go to get their medicines. I take my baby to buy food and buy milk and juice. Former NYPD Lieutenant Darren Porcher says the store employees should not be faulted for not physically stopping the shoplifting. It's best for those employees to deal with the situation in a safe and sound way as opposed to putting themselves at risk. Do you think maybe the problem, and you think these stories aren't connected, they're all connected. A society that taxes the good earners, the good people, the family people, and makes them pay the cost for the criminals gets the result that is a ghetto where even services of life itself cannot exist. It's all connected, and it is all because it is under the umbrella of political corruption, failure, incompetence, and lies, like the one that Lori Lightfoot tells every time she opens her mouth. That's why they have to divert from the attention of their actual, the ramifications of their policies. They have to divert from the reality of that and make it about who you sleep with, what genitalia you have. And what race you are. When people always bring up racism, the, the one thing that the common denominator of all of it, it is only practiced by idiots. Because only an idiot would look at a stranger and indict him for things he didn't do or come to conclusions about questions that were never asked. Racists are normally the lowest form among us. And you know what we've done? Instead of, instead of making them ashamed or making them better, we've elected them. And you think this story in San Francisco isn't about Chicago, New York, New Jersey, and every other avenue that the Democrats reign over? And that's why 
You've got 1,341 days of the Biden administration left. It won't be long. This will be every city in America. 312-642-5600. I'll tell you the one thing that happens after these segments. My phone blows up. A bunch of people are calling. They want to get the hell out of here. That's why when you re- when they audit these, you know how we lost one congressional seat? Poppycock. We lost two, maybe three, and they cooked those books. Kidding me. And, uh, and unfortunately, the only people that stay are the ones that are in on the scam or unfortunately can't leave due to a, a multitude of circumstances um, between family, job, or there's no real value in their house. John in Oak Forest. Yeah, I was calling about uh, <clears throat> what uh, Mayor Lightfoot said, and uh, I'm just its I'm unbelievable. Just very surprised. Yeah, it's unbelievable for one, and two, I'm surprised she's not getting like, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the Chicago papers aren't really carrying it, or they're saying, oh, well, she meant well, but she did it in the wrong way. So she's blatantly racist. I've seen people make lesser racist comments and get fired for less. And it's just ridiculous, you know. You say one thing, uh, but if you're white and Republican, oh my God! Because you know what it is, John. Too, it's shocking. You're Democratic and a minority, and you're gay. Oh, it's permissible. No, that's bullshit. She needs to be called out, stepped down. Oh, you can't swear, John. I wanted to keep you, babe. Sorry, brother. Can't swear. But what what he said prior to the slippage was valid. There is no standard of what is acceptable or what is racism, it's whoever is speaking it. There's different standards for different people. You cannot have a society like that. You can't have a justice system like that. You need a standard that everybody is judged by, period, end of story. It's preposterous. And the other thing is, don't let people tell you what to think. You know what this is. Everybody knows what this is. It's if you have the courage to identify it. Kathy, Evergreen Park. Hi, Kathy. two comments to make. One of the comments is, you know, there are laws in our country, there are businesses that would be sued if you sued them for discriminating against you for the color of your skin. Why aren't they suing Lord Lightfoot for discriminating against you for the color of your skin? Why aren't they starting to file lawsuits? And the second thing is, is the racism is so ridiculous. If If you were faced with a brain tumor today, would you ask for the color of the skin of the surgeon or the... Uh, sexual preference or the gender, or would you want the smartest person to make sure that you survive the surgery? It is so preposterous and the double standard. People are just fleeing Chicago faster. But Kathy, isn't it a brilliant, isn't it a brilliant cover when you have underserved your constituents so much? When your when your CPS has produced kids that can't read a newspaper, rather than having them be judged on their ability, it is important that you cover up your failure by ensuring that they'll only be judged by their skin color. That's what's really, really happening here. The question isn't whether we identify it. It's with those constituents who have been forced to live in the ghettos that have been, been built by the Democrats can identify it. That's the real test. I'll be back. We've got a great guest at 6.05. I'll tell you all about it in five minutes. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. to me, you understand the Marxist mafia doesn't have fiscal plans. They have sabotage, economic sabotage that they're implementing into the American economic system because what they understand is once it implodes, they become those dictator gods among men. That's when politicians really flourish. It's happened all across the world anytime Marxism has been implemented, but that will not detour the American Marxists calling themselves Democrats. So right now, it's time to mobilize fiscal conservatives to block the, I guess it's we're supposed to believe it's Biden's plan. I don't think Biden knows if it's Tuesday or July. But what I do know 
is we brought on Michael Lambert, Federal Policy Director for Americans for Prosperity, to discuss. How are you, Michael? Hey, Sean, I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm irritated, Michael. I don't want to be a slave to the Marxists. I'm, you know, I'm not going to look good in the jumpsuit, and I really don't take orders well. Can you help me here? <laughs> I hear you. I don't think anybody, any of us would want to be in that situation. Um, but, you know, as it relates to what's being proposed in the White House these days, unfortunately, we, we seem to be moving down that direction, at least in terms of a, a more top-down government control situation, and that's something that we should all be looking to avoid. Michael, I have a friend of mine who uh, his kids went to school with my kids, both pri- all private school from the time they were little to high school and college now. And um, he's a really nice guy. He's a, you know, I don't know what he does specifically for a living. I know he works for a company. He's probably a mid-level guy. And uh, he called me this morning just to you know see how I was doing and uh, told me he received a check in the mail for $4,200. He didn't even know what the hell it was for. Is it not that these spending bills are so massive because what the Marxist mafia calling themselves Democrat has understood is once you get this amount of people dependent on the government, loyal to the government and knuckled under by a government, they really can have their way with the country. So that's why these bills are so huge, trillions on top of trillions and one after the other. It certainly seems to be part of the assumption, Sean. I mean, you saw it in a handful of the COVID bills that were passed in the last year or so. You certainly see it with this $4 trillion infrastructure, so-called infrastructure proposal coming out of the White House. I mean, this infrastructure, quote-unquote, bill will be the largest in American history in terms of spending, um, you know, financed in theory by some of the largest tax increases in American history. So, yeah, I mean, you, you bring up the point about the federal government bribing Americans with their own tax dollars, and that's largely true from my perspective. Um, I mean, you look at this bill particularly, like I said, it's $4 trillion. Only 5% of this bill, infrastructure bill, has anything to do with roads and bridges. The rest of it's, you know... <laughs> Kind of, you know, things that sound nice and, and, you know, might be the the realm of the federal government to involve themselves in might not be. But it's this massive bill. So what that means is for every dollar that federal taxpayers are allowing the federal government to use towards, quote unquote, infrastructure, they'd actually only be getting back a nickel's worth in roads and bridges. That is a huge disparity. The rest (laughs) of it goes toward all of these wasteful boondoggles that have nothing to do with roads and bridges. We're talking $400 billion Medicaid expansion. We're talking $100 billion in rural uh, broadband internet. We're talking nearly $200 billion in subsidies to electric vehicles and in green energy uh, firms. Now, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that these things are inherently bad, uh, but the point is what the American people are being presented to in this proposal is a false choice. Um, If these are things that are truly worth having, things that are truly worth the the time and resources of the federal government and its taxpayers, then they need to have a debate on their own merits, plain and simple. Remove these things from the so-called infrastructure bill, and let's have an honest-to-goodness argument about it or debate about it. Otherwise, what's being presented is a false choice, and uh, the American people should reject it. And uh, Americans for Prosperity is is ready to bring that message to the American people. Now, Michael, out of the corona Act, which is part of how they're bribing my friend that just received the $4,200. They spent 9% on actual COVID. Can it be, Michael, that uh, how is this type of atrocity? 5% of the $4 trillion, 9% of the COVID. At a certain point, if this were to happen in any other aspect of life itself, people go to jail for this kind of fraud. Are there no, mm-hmm. is there no consequence of this kind of skullduggery is the only word i can come up with it is a bald-faced scam michael sure i mean well whether or not it rises to the level of criminal you know i think that's certainly up to the uh uh, voters to decide you know you asked if there are any consequences and yeah maybe bills like these don't have people being hauled in handcuffs to jail but there's always a chance for the American people to voice their concerns and their priorities, which is exactly what Americans for Prosperity is trying to remind people with our Stop the Spending Spree campaign that we've just announced. Um, and we're encouraging members of the, of the American public to get in touch with their representatives in Congress and let them know that bills like this are wholly irresponsible, completely inappropriate any time, but especially in a time when the U.S. economy is still trying to get back up on its feet, Families are trying to get back together more stable, and American small businesses are trying to get back to work. This is not the time to be debating $4 trillion in new spending, $2 trillion in new taxes. And that's an important point, Sean. You know, they're, they're saying how all of this, you know, only corporations are going to pay this. No one under $400,000 
and earnings is going to pay a cent more in taxes. Well, that might technically be true, but that neglects the reality that corporations don't actually pay those taxes. They, they pass get passed on. on to people like you and me. They get passed on to consumers in the form of higher prices. They get passed on to employees in the form of lower wages and fewer benefits. They get passed on to shareholders in the form of you know, fewer returns on their portfolios, none of which is helpful in a, in a healthy environment, economic environment, but certainly, as I said, not in one that's still trying to rebound from this horrible pandemic that we just incurred, that we just endured. Michael, the American Democrat is, is made up of two people, the, the willful idiot and the scam artist who uses them. So what you just said is absolutely true. But to get a Democrat to understand, corporations pass through the tax moron and then try to get them to understand that inflation itself caused by your moronic policies is, in essence, a tax on you. That is the equivalent of teaching my dog trigonometry. So at a certain point, Michael, they just are all in and they like the idea that they're slaves, but they're the favorite slaves of the master and they want to use the power of government against their political opponents. And isn't this what we've really devolved into? Unfortunately, like I said, we're starting to head down that direction, it seems, particularly on tax and fiscal policy. And as bad as, you know, certain parts of the, the Democratic Party and caucus have shown to be themselves to be, you know, Republicans, unfortunately, are, have not shown themselves to have much more courage on these matters. Um, you know, we've seen alternative infrastructure proposals coming out of the Republican conference in Congress, um, but it's really not much better. Yes. Oh, provides no reforms to infrastructure, no structural changes that would actually help uh, facilitate you know, cheaper infrastructure, more cost-efficient, effective infrastructure. None of that is there. It all just seems to be the shell game played uh, with American taxpayers and their money. Now, here's the other thing, Michael. We've been outflanked by the Marxists, right? And they've got it. They they've got another one in their back pocket. And rather than witnessing the failure of Obamacare, the destruction to the small business, to the entrepreneur, and recognizing that this moronic idea has done nothing except cost us 42% of our doctors. Hospitals have closed around the nation. And on top, on top of that, premiums have gone up 400% since the cornerstone of socialism has been implemented in our lives. They actually are mobilizing to make sure that this black hole of failure is given more money. Isn't that true? Well, I'm glad you brought up Obamacare because, you know, the last time Americans for Prosperity launched a campaign of the size that we just launched in response to this infrastructure bill was Obamacare. And that's how seriously we take this. And that's how seriously we think the American people ought to be taking this. Um, you know, what we were told 10, 10, 11 years ago uh, in the last economic downturn and then the you know, uh, oncoming onslaught of Obamacare was, you know, oh, it's all fine. We're in charge. We, we've got our experts lined up. We know everything's going to be okay. So, you know, where did those jobs go? What happened to those elements of the economy that we're supposed to be taking care of? They all, you know, they all diminished. They all, you know, kind of took a huge nosedive, you know, in a way that was not helpful at all, certainly at, at, at that moment, but, you know, even long term. So you look at something like this infrastructure bill. I mean, if this were to be passed, along with the tax increases that are being proposed, GDP would completely implode, by which I mean it would it would lessen, it would, it would shrink. Um, and again, that's not great in a good year, but it's also not great in a year where we're trying to get back up on our feet. But like I said, I'm glad you brought up Obamacare because this is why we're taking this so seriously. It is almost nearly as big of an issue, but one that we think is completely winnable, which is why we encourage Americans across the country to join us in our campaign, StopTheSpendingSpree.com. We have events happening in over 100 cities across the country. And come, come join us in fighting against Washington overspending and, and re, regain your voice as American voters and taxpayers and let them know that this is just completely wrong. Now, they always give us the polls about how the Marxists feel, number one, 51% of the people can vote away the rights of 49%. But how much Americans just want this socialist utopia that never really exists but is promised anyway. Do the polls mean anything, or am I right that nobody believes anybody with plastic on their head as they tell you facts like Frank Lutz, the putz? Which one of us is right? 
<laughs> well, you're hearing that a lot from the White House and its allies who say that, that you know, the infrastructure building proposed has bipartisan support across the country. But this is smoke and mirrors. Um, you know, they, they're leaning on this idea that, you know, everybody likes the idea of roads and bridges, so everybody must like what we're calling infrastructure. And to be fair, Republicans have, have also had a bad time of, like, redefining and augmenting the, the definition of what actual infrastructure ought to be. Um, but you hear people say there's bipartisan support for what's coming out of the White House. Just remember, they're kind of fiddling with how they're defining infrastructure. We have found um, through our own polling that if you dig down into uh, the, the actual details of this proposal and uh, various things related to it, that it actually horrifies most people, most taxpayers. The idea that their taxes are going to go up, even if not technically so, um, their, their costs will go up um, and their roads and bridges aren't going to be made much better. Oh. The NSA's got his phone. I told you the NSA listens to the show. They block our callers. Michael, are you there? Can you hear me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, the NSA, they're messing with us. Go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just saying that uh, that a lot of this is kind of geared toward, uh, you know, lining up the federal government as kind of the end-all, be-all to all of our solutions. But it's important to recognize that when it comes to actual roads and bridges, uh, the federal government actually only owns about 3% of all non-defense infrastructure in the United States. The vast majority, the rest of it, all 97% of it, is overseen by states and localities oh, and, and private entities. The vast majority of it is, has, has, has no interest in what the federal government says. Um, but you wouldn't know that listening to these massive proposals that are coming out of the White House and coming out of Washington. But my point there uh, is, is that a lot of what ills and, 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 and frustrates our infrastructure system should and can be overseen by states and localities. They have so much sure. better local knowledge, especially when they work hand in hand with private uh, uh, private resources to to fix these problems. You know, why should it, why should we feel the need to ask Washington how to fix a problem? You know, in in you know in Arizona or wow. Utah or somewhere on the other side of the country, it makes no sense. Michael, um, so these problems are completely completely addressable. Michael, you're talking to a guy in Illinois. Are you kidding me? They take those <laughs> oh, yeah. taxes, oh, yeah. those tolls, the potholes that Pritzker causes by walking across the street. None of it gets fixed. They line their pockets. They hire their do their contributors to put orange cones out for five years. Meanwhile, the Democrats drive around in trucks and wait for their pension to kick in. So they're not doing the infrastructure. In the meantime, instead of that failure being addressed, the other good states are bailing out these sewers of corruption. To me, Michael, it seems like we've been out thought. And we've lost the war. But I'm optimistic in your your group, Americans for Prosperity. I just want to know, did you back up your plan and buy AmericansforMediocrity.com? Do you have that one locked up, too? <laughs> I'd have to talk with our digital and comm staff, but they, they, they've got a pretty good... Uh, team over there. So I'm sure they bought up everything they need to. But yeah, I mean, you know, not to paper over the issue because it is a very serious one, but we're optimistic too that this can be stopped, which is why we're coming to the American people with our proposals. You stop asking Americans to spend more money and waste it on things that aren't roads and bridges, unleash private investment in infrastructure, return power to states wherever possible, and get rid of all the regulatory and permitting systems that just slow things down and right, you know, increase costs for everybody. Um, if Congress took an, a good faith approach to these uh, reforms, excuse me, it's absolutely doable without raising taxes, without spending more than is necessary. There are states out there that want to ensure an honest electoral system. Is your group working to make sure that the kind of fraud that I saw, the kind of nonsense that I witnessed with my own eyes, will not happen again in the next election. Because my biggest problem with getting excited about a next election is that I feel square one has been bastardized and corrupted, and I do not trust our electoral system as it sits today. Are you working diligently to clean up that Cicero-style, don't worry, the cemetery is a strong cornerstone of the Democrat platform? Well, Americans for Prosperity certainly wants to ensure that Every, you know, every legitimate vote counts in every election and to make sure that everybody who wants and is able to vote is able to do so securely and in good faith that their vote is getting to the right place that it needs to be. Um, Americans for Prosperity has always been about that. We're certainly still in favor of that. And, you know, we're willing to work with anybody, both at the federal and state levels, to make sure that that vote is always secure and that it cannot be tampered with or, you know, manipulated in some sense 
um, that would otherwise just allow people from voicing their, their, you know, making their voices heard in the electoral process. So absolutely, it's something we're keeping an eye on, and it's something that we want to constantly, you know, remind people that it is a guaranteed right that your vote will and should count every time you wish to use it. Um, so any opportunity we can to, uh, to work with, like, like I said, federal and state lawmakers to make sure that that is a reality, we're in favor of it. Michael, I want to thank you for joining me. And um, where is it just Americans for Prosperity? I, is it .com or .org? I don't remember, and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> no, that's okay. So we're at americansforprosperity.org, and our campaign, like I said, is Stop the Spending Spree. So that would be stopthespendingspree.com, and everyone can go there and find out more information to find an event near you. Thank you so much for joining me, Michael. I truly appreciate it. I look forward to the progress. Please come back. Thanks so much, John. You have a good day. Absolutely. We'll take your calls and comments. 312-642-5600. Are you in this fight? Are you going to get interested? Are you going to support these groups? Or do you have too many questions about the electoral system to want to get excited about it? 312-642-5600. I'll tell you, this CNN. I don't know this girl's name. She looks like Chucky, the puppet. She's got that uh, Mary Tyler Moore hair, dude. She's wrecking. I don't know her name, but she is an absolute moron. And her show is on now. She is just a race propagandist fraud who just constantly wants to talk about Trump rather than exactly what we're facing in this diapers-wearing moron. Oh, God. By the way, you know that truck thing? So there's a controversy about the truck. The truck, as, it's, as the propagandists come on, they say, oh, it starts at 39000 the truck that this idiot was driving or pretended to drive, whatever the case is, on the open runway, because we don't want to let Joe Parallel park, that'll end in disaster. That truck was like seventy-four grand. Those phony electric trucks go all the way up to one hundred and thirteen grand for a truck with, a, with with batteries that run. I can't wait to watch how that collapses in the winter when these guys need their truck and the battery lasts like your six-year-old cell phone. It'll be a lot of fun. Taylor Lake Forest. Yeah. Hey, I'm right with you on this tyrant. Uh, the tyrant we have right now in the governor's mansion is oh, Pritzker. Yeah. you got to be and specific. I had, something, I had a thought for you. All right, go what ahead. You, and when we were talking about Pritzker, you call him the beanbag with a pumpkin on it, so we know who you're talking about. There's a lot of tyrants out there, so let's be specific. Yeah, the tyrant Pritzker. What's the easiest way to remove him from the governor's mansion? With a cream puff that we tie to one of those electric trucks, but we're only going to get them about 200 miles because the truck's going to die out. So maybe we put it on a diesel. <laughs> Big cream puff on a diesel. We drive that son of a gun to Iowa. hope he just runs down the street creating potholes. What do you think? I like it. I like it. But I was thinking a crane. You must be in that, in that local one crane operators union because you like those jobs you know are never going to get done. It's going to take you seven, eight months before you figure out just how to move them. But I like where you're going, Taylor. I like the mindset. See? These union guys can't get one over on me. I was in the union, baby. I was in three different ones. Can you believe that? Like an apprentice. Bricklayers. Then I worked for an excavating company. Wonderful guy from the neighborhood. South Water Market. I saw all the kinds of scams there are. That's what makes me uniquely qualified for this job. I've seen the scams. I know what you're doing, Marxists. You don't fool me. And I have a rule. Never, ever. Trust a billionaire with an unattractive spouse. That's a scam artist you don't want in charge of anything. I'll take your calls and your comments when I get back. 312-642-5600. we got a lot of more to cover. <laughs> That's exactly right. Unemployment, unemployment, unemployment. When Mitt Romney, moron that he is, buffoon, Don Draper wannabe, said that 47% of people we're on some sort of government benefit in 2012. You know he was wrong. It's actually 49% back in 2012. Since the uptick in, you know, he said they were on some sort of subsidy. And, yeah, that means they didn't pay taxes if you're on a subsidy. On top of that, when you add in the corporate welfare, the citizen welfare, and the Biggest mistake in American history, the, the government takeover of the economy in COVID. We don't even know what those numbers are now, but I'm going to tell you what, I'd be shocked if it isn't 80% of the American households receiving benefits in one form or another from the federal government. You now have an understanding of why no one wants to go to work. Why would they if you just do the math? 
I could sit on my derriere and play uh, these video games that are sweeping the nation or have swept the nation um, and pretend to be a municipal worker waiting for a pension, or I can get off my duff and go to work. But when I stay at home, when you factor in all of the benefits, it's the equivalent of making nearly $50,000 a year if you are married and have children, especially when you look at the new COVID bill, $300 without asking per kid under six, and they scale it down $50 by increments of seven years after that. It's, it's preposterous. So you've taken the nation and you've stole its dignity. You've successfully lured them into the, the trap of government cheese. And you know that the biggest problem among businesses that are somehow reopening or staying afloat is that they can't get good people to work. You have a recipe for disaster. Instead of that being addressed, you have distractions about taxation, distractions about an an illusion, a utopian sense of uh, uh, racist equality and um, sexist uh, uh, bliss that you reach if we turn everything over to government. And the reality is, has haven't we already done that? You know, sometimes we're putting up a fight in a war we already lost. Fight's over when you've got this kind of 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 ridiculousness happening in this country. So until we get a movement of character where people take these checks and tear them up, and I, I'm going to tell you something, I didn't realize that family members out there are getting $4,200 like my friend that called me. That is an astonishing amount of money. Our kids are exactly the same age. I, I, I know he's been working all of these years, and he's given a check for 4200 I cannot imagine he doesn't say, well, I paid X amount in taxes. I've got a credit card bill. That is a staggering amount to me to just send somebody a check in the mail. And it is the kind of, of, of doing that is so intentional. It is meant to turn the character of that man and make him long for more. After all, that's only, only a, a, a human reaction to that kind of money. And at the same time, what's happening in states like the one we're in, is that the government is working tirelessly to get their video games, their casinos, and their pot sales easier. Did you know that right now there's a bill in Illinois to make video gaming on your phone? On your phone. So you wonder how this will go. How the, I, mean, I don't even wonder. I think you can predict how the future is going to go in these hellholes run by Democrats. And that is why... They break these stories of racism and these stories of, of some sort of equality of sexes or whatever it is they're coming up with. But what got me um, thinking about this is the be careful what you ask for that I was always warned about when, uh, when my mother and my grandmother would say, be careful what you ask for. Compliments of Newsbreak. Where did it go? Strawberry. Where is her name? Strawberry is a transgender convict who has successfully lobbied to be sent to a woman's prison. Now, here's the thing about Strawberry. Violent criminal, sentenced to seven years for uh, armed robbery and a suspect in numerous uh, strong-arm robberies and carjacking, has now declared herself to be a woman, or himself to be a woman, and now will be in the ladies' prison. So I wonder... How long before the Democrats realize what they've created? Not just welfare ghettos that are coast to coast and where Walgreens can't open up, but every aspect of life where their version of equality feels a lot like China's version of happiness. I'm wondering if uh, there will be enough of this success of the Democrat agenda to really wake people up who are lured in the failure. David in Niles. Hi, Dave. You there? All right, Dave. Sorry, we didn't Jim in Naperville. Sean, you know I'm not an economist. Uh, you're well. Uh, you, you know what's going on here, so maybe uh, you could straighten me out on it. But to me, it looks like okay with this uh, trillions of dollars that the government's handing out to the, the lefties, and uh, the, uh, the the inflation that's going to be tied to it as they print money. The CPI is going to jump through the roof, right? 
And how many, so who's the beneficiary of an increase in CPI? It's going to be all the government workers. Who tax on and all percent. the people well, on the government doll. Yeah, but it'll, suckers. it'll be the government as well. Don't forget the government taxes on a percentage. So as prices, right. this is why it's really the double taxation of inflation. As prices increase, and, the, the sales tax on those, on those uh, items increase. Meanwhile, we have to pay more in taxes, and, and, then, and our, uh, uh, our buying power goes down. So we're, we're getting a double whack, you and, know, d- double whammy. Absolutely. And the people who have lobbied for this are generally the people who can afford this the least, these are not. These are people who, when gas goes up a dollar a gallon, it changes their life. And these are the very people who have ironically caused that increase in in the gasoline. And I'm giving you the most simplistic of examples. The real diabolical uh, um, increase in cost is corn. Corn is the base of so many products of just consumption. That it's 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 unbelievable. So when that corn goes parabolic, all of those other things do, and those people who are getting by no longer get by. But here's the here's the the, the wretchedness in our in the Democrats' plan. They're subsidizing them through these welfare benefits, and then taxing their own welfare to pretend it is an increase in revenue. It is a vicious snake eating its tail, pretending to be a good hunter. And that's how you turn into Venezuela. So exactly. I mean, it yep. is. It is. You know, Jim. Sooner or later, you're going to wake up, and it's going to be like the ghettos that they've built in these strongholds, mafia strongholds like Chicago. And that's when you're going to have to wake up. All right, let's go to the lines. We got two more. Dave and Niles. Great show as usual. Fantastic call screener. Thank you. Uh, you know this deflection. It's, it's like Governor Pritzker deflecting from the fact that it's residential and commercial real estate taxes that's killing us yeah. by going ahead and saying our, our, our colleges are too, too expensive. Or subsidizing, subsidizing right. renters and pretending that it's actually helping the renters versus the landlords of which his family is. Right. And then Biden now has picked that up by getting this commission together to go ahead and investigate Trump and all that and uh, what happened on January 6th to deflect from the horrible job he's doing with 35 Republicans in the House of Representatives going along with it. But, Dave, shouldn't there be a commission gathered to investigate how a bill titled COVID relief includes 9% of the money going to actual COVID relief, while the 91% literally goes to pay off uh, contributors, campaign contributors, to one party? One party benefits Absolutely. from this. So it would be really interesting yeah. if we had our commissions that even got it right. But in mm-hmm. the land of, of utopia for nerds we call Washington, there is no such thing as failure. In fact, if you're terrible at something, you normally get a promotion, which is why we've got a buffoon who doesn't remember how to get out of a room or if he should start his car because he thinks it's winter outside. That's who's running the country <laughs> as a failure for 50 years, half a century as a senator. And we gave this son of a gun, or not we, the American people gave this guy the most important office in the land. Thank you, Dave. And I'm going to love to see you in the collapse. I'll be the well-dressed one. 312-642-5600. How are you going to enjoy your Venezuelan future after these messages? Nice song. Good song to hit the gym in. You know what I don't like about working out, lifting, or training? They call it working out. Same thing they call, like, these third housewife, third trophy wives that go with their Lululemon pants and stretch in front of some guy in there. That's They call that working out, too. I don't want to be associated with that Lululemon stuff. So I call it training. What do you think about that? All right, let's go to the lines. Robert in Bloomingdale. How are you doing today? Very good. How are you? I'm going to learn how to answer your question. I'm going to get a Soviet hat, and I'm going to learn how to take goose step lessons. What do you think? Well, here, a dear friend of mine... <laughs> is from Russian descent. And he actually, you know, he, he dates a Russian woman, which, by the way, I don't know what the hell happened to Russian women because it looks like the beginning of a James Bond movie. They're stunning. Yet when I grew up, you remember the Soviet Union? They yep. all look like that power lifter. What was his name? Vasily Alexiev? Remember yep. that big chubby guy? He looked like Karen Lewis with some better yep. hairdo. They, yep. you know, and, and now they're just stunning. I don't know what's in the food over there. The men still walk around with those ball bearings for heads. But the women are phenomenal in the Soviet Union. So they do two things well. Hats, which I think they make the best of, and vodka. 
So don't 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 be too hard on the Soviets. They've really improved. In fact, we're starting to resemble them in the seventies, and they're starting to resemble us in the seventies. Thank you, Robert, for the call. I appreciate it. Jim in Palos Park. Hey, Sean. Yes. You just said that the American people gave Biden this presidency, and I do not believe it. I live in Palos Park. I said, and I I said truly allegedly. Think my vote was stolen. I said allegedly. And by the way, you're in. Oh, pa- oh okay. All right. I, 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 and, I and you, you live in Payless you. Park, so your vote doesn't need to be stolen. Mike Madigan's has have enough of that Marxist army to beat everybody, and that's why John. it is futile to vote for anything but a Democrat in Illinois, brother. I'm sorry. John, the fr- the friends I've got left here are millionaire lefties. They are so arrogant. They don't listen to rhyme their reason. Well, then, they are sick, man. They're uneducated Jim, millionaires. And you deserve to treat yourself better, and they deserve to live in the utopia they built. Because this failure that we watch on our local news that we live in, this massive taxation based on their failure, is what they deserve to pay. And you and myself and the listeners out there, unfortunately, are victimized by it. So my advice to you, and you know that at one time... I'm not any longer. I didn't keep up with the SEC, but I was a registered investment advisor. And I'm going to tell you right now for free, you owe it to yourself to call my friend Hochberg or somebody else, leverage your your asset in the bankrupt loser state of Illinois, and put that money in a good state, run efficiently by actual people who respect you rather than loathe you and try to figure out ways to take your money. Jim, thank you so much for the call. Fastest two hours in the radio. I was having a great time. But that's okay, because we got one more day left. Pick your movies and documentaries, because tomorrow, it's a film day. Don't forget that. My favorite day. We'll be back. Or no, I won't. I'll be back tomorrow.